Yeah, you think that they know. But we can talk about it in the podcast. Sure. Yeah, but anyway, hey, welcome back to Geeks with Kids. I'm one of your hosts, Eric, and I'm joined this week by Steve. Hello. Say hi. hi. How's it going? How's it going, Steve? Going good. It's been literal days since, since I've talked to you. Yes. Yeah, it, it's all right. Been playing Warframe. Yes, and, me too. Uh, and I need to get that um, the bunny ears and that uh, the Easter colors. the yes. Easter colors for they one credit or five. So 000. yes, the Easter colors are one credit, and the bunny ears are five thousand credits. Did you get them already? <laughs> yeah, I got them already. Ah, that's they, where you went when I was waiting for you. <laughs> I, I, uh, the bunny ears add an mm-hmm. entire new, entirely new dimension to the game. I, I put them on everybody and i want to play everybody now again just because of bunny ears is it like just a helmet or is it like well i don't want to get into into the technical part you might want to cut this (laughs) but i was going to explain this to you guys later um there's it's it's under uh oh what's the category where you adjust your like armor pieces um appearance attachments attachments oh, yeah so under appearances and then under attachments there's a new category called auxiliary so it's not a head arm <laughs> or leg thing it's a thing or chest that's it's, awesome it's called auxiliary some warframes had that in the past but very mm-hmm. very few now it's been applied to every warframe and every warframe can use the bunny ears i look forward to getting eventually a top hat and or a monocle for my warframe i assume that's going to be a thing Maybe. I don't know if you'll be able to use them all together, but... Um. <laughs> One at a time is fine. <laughs> I, I mean, if you want a top hat, you should play Limbo. I mean, he's, he he actually does have a head that features a top hat, so... I have played Limbo. I don't recall the top hat part, it's one but... Of the, it's one of the alternate, uh, alternate, alternate heads. Oh, well. And it's all right that we talked about Warframe right now, because we're going to be talking about a video gaming convention that we went to, I guess, two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah two it's been two now. weeks now. Yeah, crazy. Well, we had uh, also had to talk about timeless at our last one because mm-hmm. that was also timely for that. And anyway, I've also just been trying to catch up talking to all of the people we talked to at EGLX. So yes. that that was the convention we went to. It uh, happened May March 9th to eleventh in Toronto. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, it's touted as Canada's largest video gaming expo which is interesting i guess i've i, I would have thought really yeah that's what it says on their their banners and everything which is surprising because okay. you know fan expo seems to be a little bit bigger but i guess fan expo is huge yeah but it's not exclusively video games so, so that's why that they can sense. say that yeah 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 i mean that's what that's always what's made fan expo uh such a important convention uh for canada as well as toronto because uh you know i don't know who came up the idea to blend all the different things together but they they marketed it that way and it has become one of the largest conventions in north america as a result so it's a good strategy but uh but yeah for video games i would have thought there would be another one you know like in vancouver or something but yeah i I would assume uh, vancouver as well but who knows maybe they're just saying that we don't know how long this uh, this uh, convention has been going on for, but apparently yeah. there were twelve thousand people last year, and there's there are probably at least that or more this year. 
Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's I'd like to know what the numbers were this year because it was quite busy. And um, yeah, the Saturday and Sunday were, were really, uh, yeah, lots of people. So that was, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, I mean, I guess we can go into something we were going to discuss, which was our experience with uh, conventions. Well, why don't we explain what EGLX is first? Sure, sure. <laughs> well, let me read. Let me read the what they have in the about us on the on the official uh, site. Yeah, for sure. United by Gaming. In the beginning, we wanted to bring Toronto's gaming communities together in person and online, but we weren't even a real company then. Our first meetup was just a few dozen people in a crowded bar that met on our forum, and everybody had so much fun that more people continued to come. Last year. Over 12,000 people came, and we're just getting started. No matter what video games you're into or how old you are, we want you to call Enthusiast Gaming Live Expo your home. Our mission is united by gaming because we really believe that video games have this incredible way of bringing like-minded people together. That's what EGLX is all about. Yeah, I could see that they were trying to do that at the convention but mm-hmm. let 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 us go into our experience with conventions that we yes. were mentioned earlier um what are your experiences with conventions have you been going to many for a long time well it's it's, it's sort of funny um i can remember a time when well I'd say even Ontario didn't really have any significant conventions, at least, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, I was completely unaware of, you know, Star Trek conventions, things like that. Uh, So I don't want to say there were never any conventions, but I I think, you know, conventions have been in vogue, you know, in the last 10 years and they've really, you know, matured over the last 20 years. Um, So I actually did go to a Toronto comic book convention Oh uh, my God. I mean, when I was a teenager and they, uh, they had uh, Todd McFarlane and that was like a huge deal, but it was such a simplistic, like <laughs> it was literally just tables uh, in, in a massive empty room. I don't even know how many hundreds of people showed up, but I mean, <laughs> it was not in the thousands. I can tell you that. And even when we met uh, Todd McFarlane, that was hilarious. I mean, it was, it was about 20 of us sitting on on chairs that they had hastily put together into to form two rows and then they basically said he's going to come out now and uh just just hold your comic in front of you and uh, he'll sign it and uh, he's just going to walk by <laughs> so we we literally stood in a line like you know when you see in the movies when they show like you know Japanese you know fangirls you know screaming you know <laughs> but no we we were all very quiet standing there with a comic book in each hand waiting for him <laughs> and the thing I remember the most about it was he didn't even have uh, shoes or socks on he just walked out barefoot in front of us and so I was like hey how you doing <laughs> I mean he was nice about it I mean he was pleasant enough but. Man, how far we've come. So after mm-hmm. that, I didn't really do any of these types of events until I was lucky enough uh, to get into uh, or get a ticket to the San, Fran- San Diego uh, Comic-Con. And, um, and I've uh, gone a few, a few times since. And uh, then, of course, Fan Expo in Toronto. And that's, that's pretty much it for me. Nice. That Todd McFarlane story, did it happen in a hotel near the airport in Toronto? See, the the way I remember it, I might be remembering it wrong, is I thought it was at like an airport convention center, but maybe yeah. it wasn't a hotel. I don't know now. I don't it could, know. It now. could have been because Fan Expo used yeah. to be up that way when it was very little in mm-hmm. like the 90s. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, this must have been in the 90s, but I I don't even know if it was actually the Fan Expo or the progenitor of the Fan Expo. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. And for me, like, I've been doing conventions for at least... 15 years at least. Oh, you have a lot more experience than me. Yeah, I, I used to go to Fan Expo in university. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually, I actually, actually went with uh, Spears before. Um, nice. So, like, probably one of my first times I went with him. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot smaller when it was at the convention center. It was only on one side. And then it mm-hmm. switched to the opposite side. Yeah. And now it has both sides. Now it's both, yeah. Yeah, actually, I remember uh, something that surprised me. Um, uh we were looking up some of the statistics and I don't remember what the order was, but the top three North American uh, conventions were um, the San Diego comic-con, of course, then the Emerald city convention in Seattle. Um, and then actually the Toronto fan expo. And the reason is, is a capacity issue, right? I mean, when they opened up both sides of the Toronto convention center, they expanded the possible capacity, like, you know, it's just beyond the capacity of most other places. And that's actually an ongoing uh, problem with the San Diego uh, Comic-Con because every year that I've been, it's a, it's a news, it's a local news story because the city desperately wants to hang on to it, obviously, because it's, you know, such a, such a huge tourist draw. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't have the capacity to support the number of people that want to go, you know, and that's, uh, you know, cause I think, I think that max, I think they can, they can only take like 40,000 people or 45, maybe. I mean, you know, other, hmm. beyond that, they just, they just can't fit the people, you know, literally, right. It's a fire hazard. Uh, whereas, uh, Toronto, um, because they're using both ends of the entire convention center, it's easily over 50,000. So just the raw numbers, we can, we can accommodate more and, uh, and you know, the convention has been I guess popular enough that it has actually grown to fill that. Yeah, it it it, it was crazy that first year where they uh, swapped, um, mm. where they did the two convention center areas. Yeah, it, it was it was massive and crazy because um, I don't know if I mentioned this before on the podcast, but I used to work at Fan Expo, mm. so I worked at a booth. Yes. that's how I met Romeo, and uh, mm. yeah, so that's fun. Yeah, and a, and a and a bunch of other guest people who've been on this podcast. Um, we used to work together there. So, yeah. Cool. Actually, I, I want to add, um, I, uh, you have way more uh, convention experience, but I actually also worked at a convention. I don't remember which one it was. It was another one of these uh, Toronto, uh, you know, by the airport uh, comic book conventions. But uh, this was like uh, while I was in high school and uh, uh, a couple friends and, and I uh we fancied ourselves uh, indie comic book artists, and we had these these little little books that we made with the you know the photocopiers at school, and we stapled you know together ourselves and hand cut ourselves, and and uh, it was very cute you know because when we did that sort of thing locally in Burlington, uh, you know people would buy copies out of pity you know, but um, when we went to Toronto, oh my god, it was such a horrible experience because they put all of us indie guys in our own section. So it was like a graveyard there. I mean, you knew not to walk down there, right? Because it was just a row of just people, you know, like with puppy dog eyes, like hoping you'd, you know, look at them, <laughs> and acknowledge them, you know. And uh, anyway, I don't want to get into that. There were some other fun experiences there. But that was my one and only time where I was actually a, uh, I guess, a pseudo guest. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that even counts. A distributor uh, for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we ended up uh, uh, making uh, buttons the entire time and trying to sell a sandwich, uh, which uh, we had uh, decided was was uh, part of our uh, our wares. Anyway. I definitely so, would have bought a button that was a sandwich. So Cool, cool. Uh, they, it, it's funny because you're, you were talking about how that area would have been empty, and now like artist alleys are pretty much the places where yes. at least I want to go the most. Yes, I that's true. Well, I'll have to, I mean, I will fully admit, I mean, our comics were, uh, were not good. Uh, but the quality of art, you know, has just, it's just mind blowing. You know, the, the stuff that, uh, that people, uh, routinely, you know, artists now, uh, can create is, uh, is amazing to me. It really is. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, well, let's, let's actually talk about EGLX. EGLX. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Since we were there, um, what were your general thoughts on the overall, you know, organization and I guess how it went over the whole weekend? Well, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, when we first uh, looked into this and I tried to read up on it and uh, looked at the site, the site actually doesn't provide that much history. So I really didn't know what we were walking into. Like I was like, oh boy, I don't know what about this thing. Like the this EGLX branding that sounds pretty cool, but I can't, I don't know what the history of this thing is. There's, there's no photo showing previous conventions. So I thought, wow, this could be anything. I mean, it could actually be fan expo or it could be like super small, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, I, I was actually uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, I thought it was, uh, extremely well organized. It wasn't very big, but I do think what they did well, uh, in using the space was dividing it up, uh, so that various aspects of gaming enthusiasm or fandom were well represented. Um, and uh, for that, I definitely give them props because, you know, the main stage where they were uh, running the, uh, the the main uh, competition, you know, the e-gaming, um, oh, sorry, the, uh, the events uh, for, um, I forget the games now. Hearthstone. Yeah, Super Smash Brothers, Halo. Um, you know, I thought that was, you know, fairly nicely put together and it wasn't uh, too much of a distraction for anybody else trying to see anything else, you know, because that was something I was a little worried about, right? Like, you know, how how mushed together everything was going to be. So <laughs> I thought, you know, I definitely felt it was really well organized, all things considered. Yeah, it was definitely the the most, I don't want to say wide open, but I had, I wasn't like crushed walking around mm-hmm. everywhere which is nice and there were a lot of people so the yes. fact that there was space was actually really nice that's true and that's true with that space lots of like there was less body odor that was that's one thing that i at least this convention yeah. that i never noticed at mm. all because every other convention yeah, right. that you go to it's just like well where are the axe people because i need to spray people with a <laughs> deodorant right now yeah, that that is actually a, a good observation. I, I completely, yeah, I did not notice that at all either. And I, I do think it might have been a lot to do with the fact that it, the, it there was space because that is a good point. Because I remember one of the times I went to the San Diego Con, um, there's so much uh, traffic problems um, because people will be lining up to get exclusives that they completely stop. Right. So they literally have to have volunteers directing traffic and just telling people you can't stop here. And just it gets quite aggressive, mm-hmm. actually. And uh, yeah, no, it was it was nice. Like I'd never felt like I was stuck anywhere. I could wander and I 
I could see everything I wanted. So yeah, it was uh, it was very spacious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's see what else. Um, so the a, a big uh, aspect of these conventions are definitely the panels, and yes. I know we went to a couple. Were there any that mm-hmm. uh, stood out in your mind? Um, well, I was lucky enough to see the uh, the very Destructoid panel. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh. Destructoid uh, did. Um, they were presenting this. Um, they were part of the people that put on EGLX this year. So Destructoid yes. is a video gaming website for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had their mascot walking around, and he was a very good mascot too. He really got into it. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a fun that was a fun panel, and and I have to say, most of the panels I attended, they they invited uh, academics, um, people who were running programs or who um, you know were known in the uh, game uh, arena as uh, as having written papers and whatnot, and uh, and I, I found uh, that uh, yeah, they were very very expert in their topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the destructive panel though, in particular was interesting because it really grew from, uh, from nothing and, and to sort of get that perspective from those people who were still here, um, and, you know, still doing this site and had been doing it for years since, uh, was, uh, uh, was, was, was cool. Like I, I really enjoyed their insights and, uh, their, their life experience <laughs> putting together destructoid and continuing on with the evolution of it yeah i wish i went i'd gone to that i showed up just a little bit too late um mm-hmm. but i think the the one that i really liked was the education one although mm-hmm. they were talking a lot about the it it, it did seem a very i don't want to say educational but you know it had that aspect of i guess um uh, um, it felt like because they were academics that it was an academic yes. talk, and so there yeah. was a lot of time spent on um, verbiage and like how things were represented in, right. in papers and stuff. Like they were talking about gamification versus uh, video game um, aspects that you could bring into life, right? Yes. So. I thought that was really neat. Like it was, it was a lot of things that I had thought about because there are lots of articles about the gamification of parenting and how you could right. um, do this whole goal um, based parenting so that your kid doesn't grow up to be, you know, a douchebag or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But yeah, it's, which it's is, cool. I, I feel like that's everyone's <laughs> goal as a parent. Well, most parents goal. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Were there Most. any um, ones? Because we didn't go to all the same ones, although because you left during one of them and went to a separate one. But um, yes, uh, were there any that were sort of not what you're expecting? And I'm pretty sure I know <laughs> the answer of this one. Yeah, there was one. OK, so the one we were just talking about, the title of it was Games is Education. And I think it completely fulfilled its description, which was a discussion about trends and gamification of education and the direct value of games as educational tools. They covered that and way more. And it got like what Eric was saying, quite in depth. Uh, but the one that we were really excited for was... Um, animation voice acting and youtube performances and the description was come learn about animation and voice acting techniques to be successful on youtube from uh 
yeah, from these from these uh, animators and this YouTube comedian who I'd never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, I I don't know. I don't think those guys like really had a panel, and somehow they gave them a panel at the last minute, and and they just they just went up and it was awful. They just, like they just waited <laughs> the whole time. Like there was no yeah. structure, and I'm pretty sure yeah. after ten minutes of them just dick it around they're like well we might as well do some q a (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean in fact i mean after the 10 minutes that they completely lost everybody and then just opened it up there was there was a guy at the back who like got up and swore and said this is is you're not even on topic (laughs) yeah yeah which was it was really kind of funny because i've never seen that happen in a panel Mm. but that was exactly what every single person in that room was thinking. Like, Well, I don't know about every <laughs> single person, but there were a number of us that were just like, what is going on right now? And are these guys famous? Because there's a bunch of people here that really like their stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess if you wanted to meet these animators and this, uh, this voice uh, comedian who does a lot of shows with those animators, then that would be pretty cool, I guess. But yeah. it really wasn't about, about animation or voice acting. It was more uh, just, I don't know, like uh, background to making some some of their random YouTube experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and even that wasn't really all that educational. Nope. Like it was just the, just telling stories, but, you left but not focused in a way. Yeah, that was the one I did end up leaving because there was another one that was uh, starting um, that I wanted to catch. Yeah, I ended up saying till the end, and they sort of started talking about um, different places where you can do voiceovers and stuff. But really, yeah. I didn't need to stay for that extra, you know, <laughs> twenty minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, I. So brutal. It was brutal. It was really. There was also the. Um, so that one was a bad one. But a good one was yep. developing on a dime. I thought that one was really good as well. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. It had some crossover uh, speakers uh, from the education one, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and these a lot of the people who spoke were from very different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So that really was interesting as well. And um, yeah, that was a really well thought out and well um, uh, uh, moderated panel moderated that yeah sorry that's the word i was trying to think because the moderator is what made all the good panels work Mm -hmm. and he was from destructoid and the the one panel that was bad had no moderator which Mm -hmm. i think had there been a moderator that it might have gotten on track soon yeah the um it was neat because on developing uh on a dime they actually had people from the states and canada there Mm -hmm. so they could talk about yes um developing in those countries and then you know, different ways of getting grants and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently there are no grants in the States. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we learned from this uh, convention. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of yeah. funny. Um, so, um, so other than um, the uh, panels, there are a lot of distributors, a lot of different people um, that have booths. Were there any, um, mm-hmm. so the, were there any ones that stood out in your mind? Like there were a lot of booths that I liked. I know, I know we like a lot of the yes. merch ones, but let's maybe we'll talk. We'll talk about the sure. merchandising ones later. But like the actual sure. booths that were there to not necessarily sell you something, but like yeah, um, I'm gonna have to mentally walk through the place again. Mm-hmm. 
So I know there are a lot of charities. Um, yes. Um, what was the one that you that was up against the wall? The one that we talked to uh, the second day. Uh, uh, I, I I forget their name now. We have their information, and we're going to uh, probably contact them and you know, try to reach out to them at some point. So sure. you'll probably hear about them soon. Um, but uh, yeah, they specialized in developing video game rigs that uh, were like a one piece unit meant to be delivered to hospitals to help uh, children recover. Um, but it was like all like you know designed so it would wheel out and the wires were all organized and everything was you know nice and clean interface mm-hmm. uh well, you know with with you know proper regular video you know video game consoles but just you know well designed so that you didn't have too much extra stuff to deal with and uh, and yeah they were focused on trying to distribute these to as many um uh, facilities as possible you know to help uh with the recovery process. And I thought, uh, yeah, that was a really good, um, um, yeah, uh, good concept. Yeah. They yeah. were actually, um, the reason they were there is cause they're moving their first, um, console thingy, I guess mm-hmm. console thingy. That's a bad way. Their, their first, um, how would you say console caddy? Because it was a bunch, Caddy. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, into um, Toronto because they're gonna bring it into Toronto Sick Kids, right? So yes, that's right. It was an American organization, and they're they were expanding um, northern very yeah. soon, if not this they year. Said, uh, they said they said in the next uh, months they are moving into Toronto. Yes, and then they're gonna yes. move into other hospitals like Hamilton Sick Kids yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and and uh-huh. I guess getting back to the point of the organization of the event. Um, yeah, I was glad to see um, representation by uh, groups like that mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, the obvious people, you know, to contact when you're running a video game convention is uh, uh, esports um, and uh, major companies, you know, like Microsoft um, and PlayStation, you know, uh, and then maybe some schools. Um, but, uh, yeah, there were a lot of indie developers and, yeah, a couple of these uh, charitable um organizations that i thought was it was good that that they that they had a table you know and had some representation Mm -hmm. and one of the ones that another charity that was not charity but one that helped sick kids was holland blurview which is based in toronto and yes um that one's you know really close to my heart because my nephew went there so Mm. they were talking about their tapes for kids program which was uh, video games that they were developing for um, rehabilitation there, which is such an interesting concept and a great way to mm-hmm. you know interact with kids that have these learning. Yeah, yeah, it crosses over into the yeah, it crosses over into the games as, as education um, just debate, you know, as to you know, like what can we repurpose uh, a game? Well, I mean, w- w- how can a game design be used, you know, to influence very specific needs? Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I've always liked that, that capes for kids, uh, um, uh, marketing and, uh, and their, um, their focus. Um, I, I did see some people walking around with the capes too, which was so oh, fun. that's cute. I wish I'd known. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know how to get the capes, but I did see, I did see some people with them. So <laughs> that was a nice, uh, uh, nice thing to see walking yeah. around. Um, where, let's see, what else was there? You were mentioning that they're, they normally, um, invite big companies to these conventions, and there was definitely a preven- presence 
for Microsoft and Nintendo, but but not uh, Nintendo, not PlayStation, which was strange. Yeah, yeah, and also I guess uh, technically uh, Bell was there as well. Yeah, well, Bell did. Um, um, they they were one of the sponsors, so that's why they're there, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, in terms of uh, you know corporations or major gaming companies, that was kind of mm-hmm. it, uh, which I thought was a little surprising. Uh, I mean, it was nice, uh, but even the Fan Expo has you know much larger pavilions mm-hmm. um, for various companies. Like I mean, UB just because you know Ubisoft's you know based you know Montreal, right? And Toronto, but I mean, like, I, what I mean is, like, they have such huge headquarters right next to us in the same city. Um, they always show up, like, you know, in a big way at the conventions. And yeah, I was a little surprised that they didn't show up yeah. for this one. Yeah. Um, were there any like businesses or um, you know, like artist alley type places that you wanted to talk about? Like, there were a bunch that I really liked. Um, uh, yeah, no, you okay. go ahead. So the one that I really liked was Gold Tea Art, which is the one we found yes. on the on the when we were leaving on the Saturday, and it was a basically mm-hmm. a Toronto-based artist that creates these prints of art um, using tea. So she, all the coloring on the on the canvas mm-hmm. is done with the base yeah, color, they, yeah. done with different types of uh, tea. So she did a lot of nerdy stuff. So there were Mass Effect prints but they were like they were also like nature stuff and uh, nature stuff and uh, things based on books so she had a Wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. uh, her actual uh, original copy of the Wizard of Oz there Wow! and um, that was the one that was up in the top right corner that was like make me an offer (laughs) and I was like I want to (laughs) but I can't afford this Um, also she was super nice so uh, props to Gold Art for that and I look forward to hopefully seeing them at a fan expo so I can buy more stuff from them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that was unique. Um, yeah, I thought the I thought their artist alley was. Uh, I mean, it was pretty typical in some respects, yeah. and I think uh, you know that T artist uh, was uh, sort of a nice, uh, unique change of mm-hmm. pace. Uh, but of course, you know, her work just blended in because I mean, everybody, everyone who was there. I mean, yeah, they were there because it was a video game convention. But I mean, this is where fandoms start to cross, you know, in every way, you know, because uh, comic books are represented in, in movies and video mm-hmm. games and TV shows, you know, cross cross that line, too. So, um, but uh, yeah, really amazing artists. And, and yeah, a few people had some really unique uh, pieces. Um, but uh yeah, no, I uh, I don't know. I, I, I took a lot of cards, and uh, I hope to try to find some of these artists uh, at Fan Expo and see say hi to them again. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, some really lovely I'm stuff. pretty sure I spent the most money at uh, Gold Tea Art and uh, Geek at Heart Shop, or Geek at Heart, which is where I got the bow ties. Um, oh, yes. She was also quite awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. Um, there were some, like... They're also nice, like elaborate displays there. Like they had um, Sheridan College was Sheridan College, yeah. Sheridan oh, College. Yeah, Sheridan had had their. <laughs> oh, so they man. have a video game program. So um, to showcase their games, they actually made an old school arcade with these new games yeah. in there, and it was just yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I saw that. I saw that arcade cabinet, and uh, and also, yeah, they 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 had an actual, like, f- for real, like, circle of old arcade cabinets uh, to, for everyone to play, which was really nice, and I think very much, you know, in the in, in the theme of the convention. But Sheridan had this one arcade cabinet built, and I just assumed it was just another, you know, game. But in fact, it was uh, one from made by their students. Uh, so I thought, wow, that is really nice presentation of you know what what their uh, program is producing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's a few schools there, and uh, and they were all very nice. Um, yeah, and one of the themes amongst these schools, and actually a bunch of the other distributors, or not distributors, but um, exhibitors, were was the prevalence of VR. Like, there's oh, a yes. lot of VR. Um, gaming there, the the PlayStation VR headset was at the the free play area, so a lot of people were playing yep, that. Yep. Um, and there was uh, Sheridan had some VR games, and some little indie places had some VR games. And we actually met the guys at Battleverse, which is a like a VR mm-hmm. playground area, yes. just based outside yeah. of Toronto. So hopefully we'll we'll get to go there and talk to them as well. Uh, we had talked to mm-hmm. one of the the guys there so he seemed pretty enthusiastic to get us down there and try mm-hmm. them out and i'm i'm down for trying that yeah. out i always worry yeah well know. i no go for it oh no go ahead go you go <laughs> i uh, i i'm a little skeptical of vr i mean i've played some uh vr games and it is pretty impressive now like i have to say it 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 went beyond my expectations um but I I find the goggles uh, uncomfortable and stuffy. Mm. So to me, there is a first of all, there's a limitation in in what can actually be accomplished when you are a uh, either on rails or a standing still sort of character with just hands, you know, in a virtual space. So until they can get past that design paradigm somehow, uh, either through ingenuity or new technology. Uh, I find that that concept kind of gets old really fast. And the second thing is, yeah, just the physical like restraint of having to put these things on. I mean, I guess maybe for people who don't wear glasses, it's, it's not as bad, but, uh, but if you have glasses, it fogs up and uh, yeah, there's, you, you just can't do it for longer than, you know, 20, 30 minutes for getting a headache. Interesting. Do you get motion sickness from it? Uh, I don't get the motion sickness so much. I, 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 yeah, I think if I go, if I would go a long time, I probably would. Um, but, uh, but I can, I can deal with it for, you know, a good half hour before I, well, just everything else starts getting in the way. So, I mean, sort of getting back to what you were saying, I would be interested in trying what these guys sure. have to offer uh, because they specialize it in it. Like right? so, it looks like you move around and it all the pictures that it, They've shown. I wonder if yes. they're wireless kits too, because um, I know a lot of the Maybe. VR headsets are going wireless now. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's the thing. I've only played like uh, at home VR type games, so yeah. There's there's definitely more out there. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. You know what? Uh, you know what other options there are in Ready Player One, the movie. They actually have a a treadmill that they walk on, so that sure you know the characters sure. move. So you know maybe that's a future thing. Yeah, I, I am kind of wondering how they're going to get around that. I mean, at some point, that's going to have to be something that um, is uh, is resolved. You know, movement within the universe. Um, they actually mentioned this in um, you know, cause like, in Rick and Morty in the episode where um, you know, yeah, they, 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 they yes, talk. Yes. It's a large well, area, but it's a giant treadmill, so that 
Um, so that's yes. how it keeps moving. But you see, yeah, but this is making me think of like, you know, the uh, holodecks in, mm-hmm. in Star Trek, because theoretically that's also how they work yeah. too, right? Like it's not a treadmill, but I, I can't remember how, like it, it, it does continue, continually displace, you know, the yeah. floor. Which I know? never so understood, but movement. it always seemed like a neat no. idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess before I move on to um, our next topic, there was one really cool thing i wish we had we'd seen it earlier in the game or in the game in the in the day it was uh luna do you remember that game we talked about yes yes it was it was by lantern studio and it was this um it was this mystery type game where you're playing with a little girl and her cat type thing i guess it was a cat right it looked like a moon cat uh, it was, it was a unique creature, so it wasn't, I don't want to say it was, it looked like a cat, but I'm pretty sure it's not a yeah. cat. <laughs> but the art style. Cause, yeah, yeah. cause this. Sorry, go, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yes. Yeah, no, I was going to say like, yeah, yeah. The, the art style had a very, uh, 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 Edward Gorey, uh, sort of look to it to me at least. Uh, so it was immediately intriguing. Um, but yeah, it, it deals with alternate dimensions and things. So that's why I hesitate to call the cat a cat. Uh, but yeah, the actual full name of the game was Luna, the shadow dust. Oh, oh yeah. You're right. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, it, yeah, it looked gorgeous. We met the composer there. <laughs> she was super yes, nice. Yes. That was, that was um, her topic. music is really mm-hmm. atmospheric and like rich and it was nice hearing from her and how she her little process for making music for the game she actually has mm-hmm. a soundcloud which i still have yet to check out but i will i will yes well most of the songs you can uh, actually uh connect to through the kickstarter mm-hmm. page um so if you can find the kickstarter it has links to her soundcloud there and there's a very cute video too of her doing one of the pieces herself it's a youtube video um and uh, you get to see her play it uh herself and it's uh, it has a surprise yeah. ending so i do recommend yeah they're hopefully getting it on ps4 and pc and xbox yeah uh, I do, they said I do it was going to so. come on steam later this so. year but then ps4 and xbox are pending which you know i hope it comes out on them well, well, it's a design issue, right? I mean, they design it for a particular interface, and then you have to rethink mm-hmm. how you you can compress all of that into a controller. It's it, it is a logistical no, for sure. problem. I always thought that the the art style looked like Persepolis, 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 yeah, That movie, it looked yes. pretty much yep like that. It was cool. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, no, because the main character had this sort of uh, sort of round uh, and angular sort of simple uh features so yeah i can see Mm -hmm. that let's see did i miss anything on our list aspects of video games represented we talked about that right yeah uh, well okay so esport type gaming there yes yeah which i didn't pay too much attention to because i'm i'm not on top of these things um but it was cool that that was going on. It, 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 did, it did actually add a little bit to the excitement of the entire event because they they had the whole rear of uh, the hall. And uh, and all, along one side, too, there were, like, all these, like, you know, you can play whatever, you know, machine set up. So there was a lot of people who were there to actually game uh, in the same space. And, 
and when the esports were actually happening, they had announcers and there was like, you know, lights and there was smoke and, you know, live commentary. So uh, even if you weren't paying attention, um, it, it did add to the atmosphere of the event. And uh, and and it, and also, at least it wasn't so loud that, yeah. you know, it was bothering you if you weren't paying attention, which, you know, I wasn't. So but it was cool. I like that. Uh, actually, another thing they did have a little bit of, too, was uh, they had to, some cosplay um stuff uh but again i wasn't following it too closely they had their own section in the middle and they actually had their own panels as well um but i i kind of feel like uh the cosplay wasn't too much of a focus so they did invite a few cosplayers but uh, i thought that was a very minor aspect of the convention i'm sure as the convention grows that section will grow as well because there were a lot of people there just oh for sure just to meet them Yes, yes. Well, cosplay is a, is a whole thing in and of yeah, itself sure. these days. So yes, <laughs> I don't. I mean, if I if we actually looked up, you know, all those guests because they actually had uh, least yeah, twelve, 15, fifteen cosplay guests, right? Uh, I'm sure some of them flew in. I, I, I'm I'm sure not all of those were local mm-hmm. people. So um, yeah. Yeah, and I did catch a little bit of one panel, and it was actually really interesting. And I wish they had, they had done more panels. Yeah, I like wish that. we had gone to that one instead of the voice acting one, because <laughs> it was yes. way more interesting. And I wish, like the, all the stuff about how she crafted her armor. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, I see the 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 title again. The the, the title is what threw me off because I what was it? It was the. Uh, I want to find this. It was like thermal, yeah, thermal, plastics thermal or plastics or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I just assumed without reading it that thermoplastics had something to do with machine design, like you know, like it was a new thing related to construction of computers or something. <laughs> but uh, no, thermoplastics is a is a co- intro to thermoplastics. Yeah, that's that's a title. So I mean, unless you're actually, I guess, into cosplay, you wouldn't recognize that right away. Because yeah, it's a type of material that is used to form type certain types of components uh, for uh, costume construction. Yeah. Um, but she was a very well organized panelist. So she had samples and she was explaining all the different tricks of, of the trade and where you order it and everything. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do cosplay, but I still thought it was a fun panel. What, what part of it I caught. I would love to cosplay one day, but I just, I don't know who I'd cosplay as. <laughs> It is a that's a whole other topic, I guess, that uh, I don't mind going into briefly. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's kind of funny when you're an Asian male. Um, it, I don't know. I'm a little sensitive, you know, to to just being whatever. Right. Oh, I'll just be Captain America. You know, I I feel like, you know, I, I don't want to play to the Asian male aspect, but you kind of feel a little bit. I don't know. I feel a little bit trapped in it. You know, if you're an Asian female, you can do whatever the hell you want, you know, but Asian males, it's like, ah, there's just not that many characters, you know? Um, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I actually made a list once and it was like very short. The only one I, that I would want to go as that I can think of that mm-hmm. isn't like some sort of stereotype of, a, you know, martial artist. Right. Yeah. There yeah. is that too. Exactly. Yeah. You're a martial artist. <laughs> it would be, yeah, I guess, Amadeus the, Cho. But he even he's a little bit of a stereotype. He's a little bit of a stereotype, uh, but you know it's cool that that character would probably be just recognizable. That yeah, like that's what I mean. Like y- you have to pick these ones, and they're, they they do exist. But uh, 
uh, you have to really think about. It. In fact, I just had one in mind, and, and he's already gone. Is he an X Men? Because <laughs> like, yeah, no, <laughs> no. We were just talking about stereotypes, and then I, it, it came and left. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, other other than like some kung fu thing or Mortal Kombat thing, which is like most of those guys aren't even technically Asian anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 a, it's a little hard. Um, you. You know, oh, one of the most hilarious one of the most hilarious ones I saw, which uh, would be very inappropriate, but considering you know my physique, uh, I saw uh, someone dressed up as the the Boy Scout from. Oh, do that too. (laughs) But I think, but that I love that movie, and I think that's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really funny. I mean, it's sad and funny. Uh, it's it's a lot of emotions. You, you could so also good. be that, um, that <laughs> one uh, Asian first first order officer from the Last Jedi. <laughs> oh God, I know he stuck out. Man, that they just <laughs> okay. Let's let's not get into let's not get into <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> because because those those first order guys this time around, like I could tell they were trying really hard to like break away from whatever like people were maybe accusing <laughs> them of, you know? Because <laughs> there's like okay, we have a we have a woman, and now we have an angry looking Asian, <laughs> and <laughs> like they just they were trying to like check mm-hmm. off all the marks. Well, they had, they had they had some nice Asians yeah. on the other side. They needed some bad ones too. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Sure. <laughs> well, let's yes. just go in. Yes, everyone. <laughs> everyone has to be equal it's opportunity. True. <laughs> well, let's just get into our last topic. Um, since this is a yes. parenting ish, pod- parenting ish podcast. Um, are there? Yes. Think of any tips that you would give any parents that go to conventions. Like it's a lot to deal with, and carrying a child or a teenager. Um, to one of these things can be a little bit hectic. Yeah, well, I would say um, you have to acclimatize yourself to it. I mean, there's nothing that you can really say or do ahead of time to prepare. Um, But as a parent, uh, well, I mean, as anyone who's going to plan for going to this type of event, you know, make sure you have comfortable shoes, make sure you have water, you know, just take care of those sorts of things ahead of time. Um, and, and snacks. You see, I'm yes, snacks very important. Uh, and that's another thing I want to say about this particular uh, event. Uh, they had uh, some pretty decent food. Yeah, actually. it wasn't the that expensive. Were quite good. So, oh, surprise! Yeah, it was not expensive, and they had the variety. You know, so yeah. Um, but uh, I see, I'm the type of person who takes the book of all the things that are going to be happening at the convention. And I will study it like I'm studying an exam and I'll, I'll prep, I'll prep a list of best case scenarios of what I can make it to and what I can find. Now I know most other people probably don't do that. Um, So I would say the first time you go to one of these events, just sort of take it all in, have a very vague goal. So you're not rushing Mm -hmm. all over the place, right? Like that's, that's the worst is if you're, if you're trying to find a room and you don't know where it is, uh, everyone just gets upset, especially if it was like the one thing you were there for. Like, if there is going to be one thing you're going to go there for, make sure you go super early. You know, that, that'd be the only other piece of advice I'd have. But I would try to keep a first day or first time visit mm-hmm. really loose. That'd be my yeah. main. I, I would main even advice. just say don't even spend time in lines for if you're, especially if you're there yep. with kids. Like, 
they're not, they're not going to yeah. want to wait in line for like an hour or two for some talk that they're probably not even ca- going to care about. But yeah, yes, I, I think true. the the getting yeah. the book and definitely looking over what things they would want to be interested in would be yes. good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you want to make it a group activity um, and uh, and just make sure everybody has something that they are looking forward to. So when they walk in there, it's not like this overwhelming mess of color and people. Um, and I guess also getting back to this particular convention too, because of how spacious it was, because they had the free arcade in the middle, because they had the t-shirt vendors on one side and the artists on the other, like it was a very, um, it was a very good convention for kids. Um, that's a convention I would bring people to because it was, it was, uh, light and uh, there was a lot to see and do at your own pace and there weren't lineups. So yeah, from that perspective, um, I, I quite like this convention. Of, it's of a nice a little beginner event. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause it's not too big. Um, if you spent your entire day there, you could probably see everything. You might not be able mm-hmm. to do everything or talk to everybody, but you would have yeah. a full day um, and not, and not feel like you missed out on too much. Um, because they did have a few things that, uh, you know, there was that VR pirate thing that was going off, oh, yeah, going on on the that. other side, right? They had the, this whole, and the yeah, military they had this whole one. thing. It looked like a, <laughs> yeah, the military one right behind it. Well, see, yeah, that was kind of funny that they were back to back. I was the military one VR or was it? Was, it was, um, uh, no, it was just, um, with, with, um, no, simulated yeah. firing, simulated uh, firing range. Yeah. So, yeah, they in, in one corner um, of the convention, because they take up a lot of space, they had this one. I don't know which pirate uh, sim company this was, but it was a company creating a VR pirate game where you literally would, you know, uh, pilot the ship and, you know, and fire the cannons and everything. So it looked really cool. Um, but they had a nice little setup with like actual physical trees and, you know, everyone was dressed up as pirates. And then directly behind them is this other company that specializes in virtual uh, firing ranges. So they give you a gun and it's uh, probably, a, you know, a light gun of some kind. Um, and it, it pops up targets and, uh, you know, for gun enthusiasts. And then, and then like, I guess about six booths down, there was actually an armored vehicle because the Canadian armed forces were there too. <laughs> it just, it makes me kind of wonder, like <laughs> they had so many different types of, companies and uh people there representing different causes um but those two seemed like, out of place I, I i guess i I don't know though right i mean i guess there's got to be some people who play video games who go to events who that are that want to go are, that the army that yeah that the armed forces think are 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 you know good recruit targets you know i don't know i mean it just it's just mm-hmm. interesting to me um, that 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 they were there. Um, you never know. Maybe CSIS uh, will show up one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that. To me, I feel like that yeah. is a little bit more relevant. <laughs> but uh. the the one thing I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't mention about your tips for um for going to conventions is mm-hmm. set a budget. Because <laughs> that's definitely oh sure yes of course one that I never yes. follow, but you know I try to. Well. 
I guess when I was talking about like trying to not get overwhelmed and just, you know, just take it all in the first time. I mean, part of it is you have no idea how expensive it is going to be. Uh, so, yeah, it is kind of good to go in with the budget, but you're going to see so many things. So, yeah, I guess that's true. You should definitely I would say don't buy anything on the first day if you can afford to go two days. But if you're if you're only going for one day, then, yeah, just set set an upper limit, but realize that there's a lot interesting unique mm-hmm. things <laughs> so you don't buy the first thing you see you know definitely uh definitely wander oh another another minor tip if, if people are going to conventions where there's going to be a lot of uh freebies swag if you will um make sure you bring your own bag because sometimes they don't give you bags or they're or even if you buy them and bags. Uh, <laughs> yep 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 and um, another good tip is uh, if it's the type of convention that has a movie promotion or TV promotion and you're going to be getting posters or even if you actually want to buy posters yourself, uh, yeah, go to uh, Dollarama and buy a poster tube. Uh, they only cost like three bucks. OK, <laughs> if you try to buy a tube at an art store, it will cost 10 or 12 dollars. And if you try to buy that tube at the convention, it will cost 30 dollars. So just saying you can get a perfectly Put perfectly functional working tube uh, from a dollar store, and that's, wish I'd that's another one. good tip uh, for that first day. Because <laughs> the Ready Player One poster is mine's a little bit ring now, yeah, which sort of sucks. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, I, I did, I didn't think, I didn't think of that though. I always have a tube when I, I go to I go to these to. things now since the first time, and I didn't think of it for this event. But yeah, that that's another thing. There was a movie promotion for uh, Ready Player One, which was like. Yeah. That's genius. I mean, that's the perfect movie and that, for that. That type lady of there kept recognizing me every day I was there, which was nice. <laughs> I guess I was I was the one that was super I, yeah, enthusiastic I, I about that's nice. the book and the movie. <laughs> we had we talked to them for a while the, yes. the first time. So I guess yeah. that's nice. Maybe yeah, it was yeah. because I wasn't one of those super awkward people <laughs> that were there talking to them. Um Yeah. Yeah, that was funny at the weapons table. Yeah, that one guy who just kept wanting to talk about whatever it was uh, that he yeah. just bought. Yeah. Oh, man. But it happens all the time at these <laughs> conventions. Um, I wish we had yes. a, a, a cosplayer that we knew on this podcast because I'd love to know if they have mm-hmm. any tips for kids that would want to, you know, cosplay at these places. Like, do you? I assume you change there, you know, or do you do you go dressed in costume? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. These are logistics that, uh, yeah, I'm sure there are, there are good tips for. I mean, I think a lot of it, too, has to do with how complex, right? I mean, some of these advanced cosplayers, they design stuff that they actually have to dress there. I actually saw one of the cosplayers arrive with garbage bags, and then she geared up, you know, in the main hall, just sitting outside. Hmm. Um, but uh, there was actually, I don't know if you saw, there was a, a mom dressed yeah, up as, uh, I think, Ray, and uh, and her baby yeah, was dressed so as an cute. Ewok. Yeah. Oh, it was so yeah. cute. Um, yeah. Yeah, ready to go in a stroller, so no, no fuss. Yeah, strollers are a little bit um, rough at most conventions, but here, it was totally fine. Totally cool to walk around with him. Yeah. Yeah, the alleys really were quite wide. That, that was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess that's it for us. Uh, maybe we should throw it out to our listeners. Like, do you have any tips for people going to conventions, or did these are are these tips useful, or would you not do any of these at all? Um, let us know at podcast at geeks with kids 
geekswithgeeks.ca or you can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkidspodcast or you can follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn and um, like always, you could always just go to our uh, actual podcast at geekswithkids.libsyn that's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. That's where all our podcasts are housed and you can, you know, you actually go there and click on our Facebook and all our other social medias there. So, yeah. And, and you know, oh, if you do great. subscribe to us, please, you know, give us a little star and a review on iTunes or Google Play or if we're up this week, I think we're on Spotify in the next couple of days. So, so that'll be cool. awesome. Yeah. Nice. So, so thank you, Steve. Yeah. yeah. It really helps. Yeah. It's always oh, good having you, you on here. And, um, and thank you for My listening pleasure. to our podcast. Have a good one. Bye. Have a good one. <laughs>